The Change Officer Podcast Future of Financial Services series is brought to you by Holly Wally, the world's first wallet-as-a-service platform. Stay tuned to find out how Holly Wally can help you build your mobile wallet to increase revenue and reduce time to market. And I think what is starting to happen is that more and more functions are going to continue getting democratized and people will, you know, people will start operating their mini businesses that serve multiple businesses at large. So I think I think that's like one one big thought that I have. And um, two, I guess it sounds very cliche, but I think to start a business, to run a business and to operate a business is all just going to get dramatically easier. Welcome to the Change Officer Podcast's Future of Financial Services series. In this series, we are deep diving into some of the hottest and most pivotal topics in the financial services industry right now, including personalization in financial services, embedded finance, and the mobile payment revolution. Join us as we seek the answers to critical questions such as what does the future hold for the financial services sector and where should we look for the next big disruptive idea. Welcome back to the Change Officer Mo. Thank you very much. Excited to be back and on here as always. Yeah. So um, unlike the, the the initial session, we we don't have forty five minutes to talk. We have only mm-hmm. fifteen. We're going to keep it focused. It's the future of financial services series. You've been in this space for a while now. Started a couple of businesses, Dapi, Pluto, uh, Pluto. Now that you're that you're running, super exciting stuff. So I want to hear your uh, opinion, uh, your thoughts, uh, uh, and ideas on a couple of topics. I want to start from the SME segment now. You know, since the whole explosion of fintechs that happened, you know, starting from 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 the Western U.S. Uh, back in I don't know 2000s, even and and then moving slowly towards the rest of the world and then east and then coming to the Middle East as well, there has been a lot of things going on. Most of it in the consumer sector, right? SME wasn't that sexy to to tap into because of multiple different you know obstacles and and, and issues that come with solving problems for the SME segment. But you've been tapping into that segment now for the second time. Um, what have you noticed so far? What have you learned so far? Uh, and what do you see? What are the trends that you're noticing in that sector? And what do you anticipate to happen in the next couple of years? So I think you're absolutely right. It makes total sense. Um, the world is just focused heavily on consumer and not really on business. And, you know, this has been evident across across all these different technology companies. Uber has just heavily focused on ride-sharing for consumers initially. The Instacarts of the world have been focusing heavily on, sh- on you know, grocery shopping for, for individuals, right? And only now have you seen, like, this sudden surge in B2B marketplaces pl- and, you know, business planning tools and et cetera, et cetera, right? So I think, I think a few different things. Um, one is that from, like, a natural kind of evolution standpoint, I think it's been, it's been interesting that, Consumers have first gotten a taste of a lot of these products and services, which I think it, you know has been good in a way because it reduces skepticism. And what I mean by that is that businesses in general, you know, by nature, I feel like are slightly more reluctant to change versus an individual. And put it this way, right? Um, the guy who's already used or has already done online shopping as a consumer and now happens to be a decision maker in a business that's on the verge of using this B2B marketplace. 
the you know the possibility of acceptance is just a lot higher. So I think I think it, it almost feels like a natural evolution as to mm. why business has come after consumer. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. And what do you think are the key influencers that are driving this now slow change that is happening for the mm-hmm. SME sector as well? Yeah. So I think um, I think the influence like the influencing factors. Mm. One, I think COVID has been a huge part like i think it's propelled us years ahead right because essentially they um, say by the way i just read a quick report they say 56 mm-hmm. percent of smes decided to pivot or to change their business <coughs> model and to uh, switch it more towards digital digital channels yeah and like that just makes a ton of sense right because i think th- i think there are two aspects to this one is the fact that you know, businesses can dramatically increase efficiency, right? They can reduce the number of people that work there. They can increase speed, et cetera, et cetera. And all in all, it's doing one or two things. It's either helping them make more money or it's helping them save money. In fact, I mean, you know, I'm jumping the gun over here, but even at Pluto, those are the two key things that we're really focused on, helping businesses save time and money. Mm. And, um, you know, I, uh, I guess what's happened in recent times that has resulted towards the propulsion of a lot of these different B2B models is the fact that when businesses were trapped in COVID, they realized that, okay, holy shit, you know, we, um, you know, we can't meet in person. We can't go there. We can't go here. How are we going to get things done? And I think this is where it's almost forced them to kind of go down the path of like using digital products and services. And I think that has then resulted in them realizing as well that, okay, this can actually save us so much time, money, and like help us be efficient. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. So, coming to the Pluto's model and, 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 and what you're working on, what was the opportunity that you noticed in this segment that you decided <coughs> to, to, to tap into and that made you excited and, you know, to start a business? Yeah, I think like it all starts back for myself. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, you know, pr- like prior to being in the tech and venture space, um, I've always been in more so the SMB space, you know, run a company doing film production, doing aerial cinematography and photography. And then I come from like a family background of entrepreneurs, including my father who's been, you know, who's been running different businesses. And um, all throughout, in you know, all throughout personal experience, as well as uh, just looking at family businesses around, it's just been very evident to me that B2B payments has been, it's just so broken dramatically, Right. Uh, across the entire spectrum. I mean, that's just one piece. And then I'll come back to some other, you know, some other aspects of pain, or, you know, just some other pain points in the business world that I've noticed. But very specifically, payments, and when I say payments, um, there are a bunch of different things, but more so specifically, the ability to make a payment and to get paid. Sure. Talking about making a payment. um, Making a payment starts from operational expenses, for instance. Um, I remember, you know, when I was running this film production company um, and when I had, you know, when I had, a, when I had one of the camera guys um, have, you know, one of their lenses get damaged or, or, you know, an urgent requirement for like a memory card or like whatever it was, right? And it would get so frustrating because I had to account for all those different situations. And when they had to make some sort of an urgent purchase, oftentimes they just wouldn't have enough money in their pockets or, you know, they wouldn't have a card that they can swipe. And then I was forced to like distribute either my personal card to them because my bank only gave me a single card with no spend control. So there was a risk of fraud out there. Now, you know, I can't be giving this individual my, you know, my, my primary bank card. And um, so all in all, you know, notice very similar trends across different businesses as well. The fact that operational spending, one, is just incredibly broken 
businesses lose so much money in distributing loose petty cash to employees. Um, it becomes very frustrating for business owners and managers to be distributing personal cards to employees, it just, and then that results in an accounting nightmare and just overall inefficiency. And then even beyond that, right? Like just kicking back and thinking, most businesses think that it's totally normal for them to have to spend so much time entering a vendor or a supplier's bank details in the banking portal, uh, massive forms. Um, after doing that, having to chase back and forth, the supplier then gets you know gets back to you and says, "Hey, by the way, did you make that payment? Okay, how do I know? You know, can you please take a screenshot of that Swift copy? And if you've heard this term before, but 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 you know, especially in the SMB world, like I hate Swift, Swift copies. Yeah, to be honest, they're so frustrating, right? Absolutely, yeah. nightmare. Can you can you can you share with me your Swift copy so I can <laughs> chase the payment on my end? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. My end, exactly, right? In fact, th- that's literally the sort of emails we see from accountants. Please share the Swift copies. I can chase the payment, right? And can you imagine how bizarre that is? Because lots of businesses use that as a benchmark of, okay, if I see the Swift copy, I'm going to deliver your products and services. It happens oftentimes. How easy is it from a fraud perspective to not even Photoshop this, but open a simple word processing software and like, you know, chick a boom and you send the Swift exactly, copy yeah. across, right? But, you know, point being... Ma- you know, we spoke about making payments, which is an absolute nightmare. You know, jumping ship a little bit, receiving payments is even more frustrating, right? And I'll tell you what frustrates me the most. The number of instances where I have received a screenshot, a goddamn screenshot of someone's IBAN number and their account number over WhatsApp, right? Oh, where you need to type in that 16 you digits number. You type in and you get it wrong the first and the second time and then you want to pull your hair off your head. And, f- and you finally get it right the third time, right? Only to realize that the Swift code is missing. So now you <laughs> switch off your browser, <laughs> go back to this guy, and ask him to send you Swift code, right? So, you know, I just believe that there has to be a better way. I mean, obviously, in this part of the world, even when it comes to peer-to-peer payments in the consumer space, we've only seen innovation recently. In fact, most folks, you know, most people still probably do manual bank transfers and things. But the likes of MammoPay, the likes of Xena, the likes of Kareem Pay now, I think, you know, Kareem Pay is an exciting one given the fact that they've got so much distribution. In fact, I used Kareem Pay for the first time yesterday. But I guess, you know, given the fact that that innovation on the consumer side, at least in this part of the world, has only happened recently, I think the future of business payments needs to be literally vendor name, click, email, button, send, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No, absolutely. I think that the, the opportunities, there, there are plenty of opportunities. I want to ask <coughs> you for the end to, to, to pick one where, where uh, if you were to start the third business that you would focus on, but we're going to leave that for the end. Now, uh, w- what I want to hear from you, I mean, the demand for these services is a massive, massive. Mm-hmm. Now, SMEs, although it's, it's a very wide you know, spectrum of what the SMEs are, uh, but in general, SMEs have been reluctant to these kind of uh, services, products, etc. What have you learned about SMEs and customers so far? Uh, what is the best way, or what are the obstacles that you need to overcome <coughs> in, o- in order to, you know, to get them on board and to 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 start working with them? Totally right. So I think um, when we see the non-tech SMB or SME, we see them like you know even though a lot of these aren't necessarily technology companies, we still, you know, we still categorize them at Pluto as a tech-first company or a traditional business. And what I mean by that, when I think of an ad agency, when I think of an e-commerce business, when I think of a film production company, consultancy firm, et cetera, et cetera, these aren't necessarily technology companies, but they're, you know, they're, they're modern, they're tech-forward, 
they've already got exposure over a ton of SaaS products and software that they're already using, mm-hmm. making that customer a lot more accepting to new technology. And that is the type of customer we focus on first. And when it comes to the more sort of traditional business, you know, we plan on really the, tackling that sector slightly after, um, you know, as, as we start growing and we start focusing kind of more on the mid-market and upper mid-market segments, um, those businesses that have a bit more red tape start coming into play. But what we've realized, though, is that a lot of those businesses, in fact, tons of them whom we chatted with, also face very similar problems. What are those? Um, primarily cash leakages, because a lot of these traditional businesses happen to happen to have tons of operational employees, <clears throat> oftentimes blue collar workers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and all of them incur expenses on a daily basis. Be it buying, you know, buying a meal on the go, buying screws on the go, buying drill bits on the go, and uh, and you know, there's just so much fraud that's happening. A bunch of different businesses whom you know whom we've chatted with. What's really kind of, you know, what's, what's really stood out is the number of instances that we've seen of fraud happen. Oh, you know, I distributed 2 million dirhams in petty cash and uh, 300,000 is missing this year, right? <laughs> Just things on those lines. And it becomes really hard to pick, point, and track, right? Because uh, there's so much, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of these employees are very clever, right? Um, as soon as they start making purchases on a daily cadence, um, it doesn't hurt them too much to go like, oh, by the way, I'm going to come and buy this pack of screws for 20 dirhams, but can you please bill me 50 dirhams, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it starts getting very challenging to track and catch, but... I think that yeah. I, I think that definitely, like, the business case is there. What is the biggest challenge for you at this stage of penetrating mm-hmm. the market and getting customers on board? So I think, for us, the biggest challenge is the fact that we're building in an ecosystem with broken infrastructure. And I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who previously built out DAPI, that was the first uh, open banking infrastructure play in the UAE, right? And you know the fact that we can, the fact that it, the fact that in, in in North America and the US specifically, you can plug and play with a bunch of infrastructure platforms APIs and go live so quickly, and that doesn't exist here, right? It's happening. You know we've got we've got um, banking as service companies uh, like NimCard that's an you know that's an issuer processor a couple of other processors working with banks, uh, open banking plays like Dappy and Lean and, and Tharab with Gateway. But point, the point is that most of these companies are still, you know, are still very nascent. And I don't blame them either because um, they're also dealing with a lot of red tape around regulation, um, legacy systems with banks, only a handful of banks. I think it's important to note that, you know, we're, we're in, a part, in a part of the world where about seven to 12 banks dominate this entire country, right? Uh, the United States has hundreds of banks, right? And, uh, and I think like all of those factors also kind of come into play in terms of the, how, in, in terms of how competitive financial institutions sure. are, you know, when working with fintechs. But I think it's really all the red tape around enablement. Enablement is the biggest piece. Hey everyone, sorry for jumping in. We'll be back with the rest of the conversation shortly, but I wanted to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Holly Wally. Within the next two years, 4 billion people will be using digital wallets and the global mobile payments market size is expected to hit US $5.5 billion by 2024. 
it's more important than ever for financial service providers to offer a digital wallet service to their customers. Enter HolyWallet, the world's first wallet-as-a-service platform that allows any financial service provider to build their own digital wallet as efficiently and cost-effectively as possible. Whether you're a fintech, retailer, banking institution, or insurance carrier, HolyWallet has all the elements you need to build your own company's ideal digital wallet in a matter of minutes and manage it on an ongoing basis. To find out how HolyWallet can increase your customer engagement and revenue or to register for a demo, visit hollywallet.com. The link can be found in the show notes of this episode. And now, enjoy the rest of this conversation. Before we wrap up, I have this last question. And this is the question that everyone gets. So, so, so let's see how you're going to answer it. Um, <clears throat> so the change officer, uh, we are trying to, to predict the change, right? The change is the only constant. Uh, change is the only constant. That's exactly. your mantra. There is good. <laughs> so if that's true, like mm-hmm. what we want to know what's the change ahead. So what is the change that you anticipate to happen in the emerging markets overall that will open up some major new opportunities that, that you would personally put a, an, an eye on? in the future to work to, to work on and to leverage? What do you think uh, is ahead of us? Where do you expect mm-hmm. the next big thing to, um, you know, to, to, uh, to arise? I think, let's just talk about, let's just talk about businesses, right? I think, I think, you know, one, one big thesis that I've got is, is, um, you know, the notion around the shrinking business, right? And I think, as time is progressing and as you know as businesses start leveraging new technology which eventually results them in needing you know in needing a smaller workforce over time as more and more functions get automated um, I think businesses are going to continue shrinking and becoming smaller but that being said I think a new breed of entrepreneurs are going to start emerging in all these different markets who you know who will serve similar functions but work for themselves and here's what i mean right um for example today a pluto it's been ridiculously easy for us to work with you know work in contract with a phenomenal product designer out of uh, out of georgia for instance i've never met the guy in person but he you know he he works for us this guy, this guy probably had a full-time job somewhere before, has left and works for himself. And I think what is starting to happen is that more and more functions are going to continue getting democratized and people will, you know, people will start operating their mini businesses that serve multiple businesses at large. So I think, I think that's like one, one big thought that I have. And um, two, I guess it sounds very cliche, but I think... To start a business, to run a business, and to operate a business is all just going to get dramatically easier. Mm. Well, thanks uh, again for coming on The Change Officer. It was a pleasure having you. Likewise. Thank you very much. This was awesome. Guys, thanks for staying. Um, I hope you enjoyed this session with uh, powerful Mo. Uh, <laughs> let's keep an eye on what he is working on. I'm expecting a lot. Uh, and stay tuned. There is another great session coming up soon. Thanks. 